Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today, we're going to do something a little different. Coach's Corner with Sama Gorbani. How are we doing? Uh, pretty well. How about you? How are you, Nicole? I'm good. I'm very so excited. excited. Yep. Yeah. It's different because you're one of our besties. So I know we had, we had to kick off Coach's Corner with one of the best. So oh, thank off. you. Yeah, of course. So today we're kicking off episode number 46. It's trying something a little bit different. Coach's Corner with Sama here. For those of you who don't know Sama, she is Nutrifitopia on Instagram, <laughs> and she has a fam- fabulous Instagram targeting a very specific demographic of people. Sama, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So when I started this, um, basically my Instagram page, I just started for fun. But um, since the beginning of pandemic, it just turned out to be a little bit different approach because I was home, I had all the time to myself. And I started doing like a different way of things on Instagram, which I've never done it before, like doing educational lives and this kind of stuff, but mainly in Persian. And that's when I started like, you know, gaining more followers, uh, mainly Farsi speakers. So uh, gradually, since then, I, I, you know, I've been building my Instagram page, mainly focusing for Persian speakers, but I try to keep them both uh, because I do also have lots of friends and followers that they are um, Americans. So I wanted to make sure I can keep up with both languages as much as I can. <laughs> so to go back. Let's go back to where you're from. Tell like, let's go back a little bit. Give us a little bit of a background about who you are and where you're from and how you got into fitness. Give us the coming to America story. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I uh, moved to the U.S. uh, about five years ago. I've been a personal trainer. It's almost I think it's 11 years. Yeah, it's been 11 years. It's been a long time. I started at I think uh, 2010. Yeah. So it's like legit 11 years. And personal trainer has always been my main uh, career. I was doing it back home for almost five years. And then I moved to the US. And since then, I've been doing mainly personal training. And uh, it's been a long journey. But because, you know, it was my passion and it is as of today, I, I can't see myself in any other field. When I moved to the U.S., in the beginning, it was kind of like weird uh, to kind of like have the enough courage to start off with what I'm good at, because I thought like English can be a bar- big barrier to kind of like jump into what I really wanted to keep going and keep doing. 
Um, so I thought like maybe I need to start up with like level entry jobs and this kind of stuff working at a TJ Maxx or something. But, you know, gladly I had my husband by my side and he always like pushed me to the best. And he was like, no, you can definitely do it. Even back home, I used to quote unquote teach English. But when I moved to the US, I was like, oh, fucking no. Like <laughs> I cannot compare myself to a native speaker. But, you know, you just build up the confidence. And I, you know, I, I apply for different gyms to start working there as a trainer and gladly I brought all my certification from back home um, and I actually got two jobs at the same time and I couldn't say no to one of them <laughs> uh, it. I'm just gonna do both <laughs> I die but it's okay so I, I was working like legit 60 to 70 hours a week one of my um, works with from like six to nine. And then I was going to the library to study for my NASM certification because they required it just to make sure to I, that I have an like, you know, American certification. And then I was having another job from 12 to eight and then going back home and doing the same fucking thing every single day. So when I think about it and I, you know, flash back to those days, I'm like, <laughs> how did I do it? Seriously. But, you know, I just cruised through it. Uh, I kept going and then um, I got the job offer from Lifetime. So and that was the good opportunity that I can drop both jobs and just mainly focusing at one facility. Uh, so I was working there for almost like, I think almost four years. I started in Nutrifutopia. So for those of you that you don't know, what does it mean? Because I get that question a lot. What is Nutrifutopia? How do you pronounce it? <laughs> uh, so Nutrifutopia, basically it stands for nutrition. So the Nutri part is it's coming from nutrition and Fitopio stands from Utopia, which is, you know, basically the end of basically the best era of like fitness. So it's a combination of like, you know, having that glory era of fitness and nutrition. So my main focus, um, you know, on my page and my own, like my also like my personal passion is both nutrition and training at the same time. And that's what I try to like brace it every single day when I wake up to the end of my day, probably. <laughs> well, we definitely know because Daron and I both worked with you, what an incredibly hard worker you are. And it definitely has paid off in coming here to America, getting the jobs that you wanted to get, not saying no to anything and, and just crushing your goals. And then bringing all of that to your caseload of clients that, you know, we know very well as well. Thank you. I mean, like, it's so funny because my mom always says, like, don't make it, don't make it too difficult for yourself because she knows me pretty well that I always push so hard. Mm -hmm. It's like sometimes, you know, it's good. Uh, but like now that I'm getting older, I realize sometimes I really need to like relax, just chill, especially with pandemic and COVID. We learn it a lot that, you know, we don't need to like push too hard every freaking day. So I, I try to keep the moderation as much as I can. But sometimes like, you know, I just realize like, no, Samuel, you're just like fucking pushing too hard. <laughs> it's a catch 22 when you do something that you love so much. I think we can all agree with that because I'm right there with you. I think it's part of the reason why we're such good friends because we drive ourselves into the ground and then we get on a call together and I'm like, why did you let me do that? Why did I do that? I don't yeah. need to work so hard. When you love it so much and you're so passionate about it, it's almost hard to stop that momentum. You want to just keep going and you get so creative. And so you want to kind of keep building. And I think also just in our industry itself, there's this, this need to 
hustle all the time to continue to keep your client kind of that, that filter of clients coming in so that you're always busy and you always have work. That's totally true. Always and always uh, when you have something which is your real passion, it's so hard to sit and to chill. Like you always wanted to go harder and push harder, which is good. You know, I love it because, you know, as you said, Nicole, you just get more creative and you just wanted to do a lot more. And then you find yourself into that loop of things that they're just rushing into your head and you're like, oh my God, like I need more time. I need to make this happen, make that happen. And then you just put too much on your plate sometimes. So then, you know, that's what I was, that that's what I meant that you need to like sit back and just realize like, can you really kind of like hand them, handle them all? Yeah. Uh, we always talk about, you know, the stress cup and, yeah. you know, sometimes you don't realize that your cup is full and it's overflowing. And, and those are the moments, you know, uh, you just realize, oh my God, like everything is just like falling apart. You know, my energy is so low. I'm just dragging myself. I'm like, not, I'm not getting enough sleep. You're just making poor decisions for your uh, nutrition choices. You just like slack with your workouts. And, you know, it's just like get into that, like, um, loop of things coming one after the other. And that's the moment you realize, like, I need to really <laughs> like this. <laughs> slow down. So, yeah. Slow down. <laughs> so I want to talk about some of like, I guess the relatability, some of the relatability with some of the things that you went through and some of the things that we often see as coaches with clients. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I want to kind of point out is, and I want to ask you, you came here to the US and we see this oftentimes with clients that they're unsure and they're fearful of like, what if I can't do it? What if I can't reach these goals? What if my aspirations are unrealistic, right? So how do you overcome that? And what advice would you give to people in order to kind of cross that barrier of dealing with fear? Good question. That's a good question. I know. Well, this is the main reason that I love strength training. Like strength training is beyond giving you a strength physically, but it builds up a strength mentally for you that you feel like, if I can deadlift 200 pounds, I can literally do anything. Uh, I don't know. I just, you know, you just get that mentality with strength training that um, you, you build that confidence. So then in your day-to-day -day life um, or when you have a big transition or when, when you're, you know, struggling with a big stress factor in your life, it can be job or relationship or anything, you just have this like superpower that you think like, no, I got this. I can do this. Like it's like stepping into the squat rack and you have, let's say, whatever, like for me, like 170, 180 pounds, that's the goal for now. So you were like, no, I can't do this. But then you have this moment of thought that you're battling from fear to overcoming that fear then you're like fuck it i'm gonna do it so you get under that bar and then you just do that rep and i mean you either fail it or you achieve it really doesn't matter but that mentality that you step into the rack and you just fucking do it that's that's you know that's where you can basically um put it into an anything into your life 
And that's, I think that's probably had, was that mentality that I had when I moved to the U.S. and I decided I wanted to like go with this. And, you know, definitely support is a big factor. I yeah. said, you know, like I had my husband's support. Um, maybe I had that second uh, doubt that, you know, maybe I can get this job. But he, I also had that support that he was like, no, you can do it. So I pushed it. Then, you know, I went through the interviews. Then I got the job. So it's like a domino of series of movements that, you know, if if you push yourself to jump into the water, then you're probably going to end up like, you know, yeah, you kind of get forced to swim, right? Well, sink or swim, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I love that you bring up the support because support is something that we've talked about a lot on this show where we talk about if you don't have that support system, you need to find it in order to be successful in the things that you want to do. Because you mentioned that in your own journey, it was, you know, I don't know, maybe I just need to get this retail job for now. And you have that support that's like, no, come on, Sama, like you got this. Just, you know, go out and do what you do. And that's encouraging for you. So I think that is an important component to it. The other piece that I want to talk about with you is patience, because mm-hmm. I look at your journey and I look at where you are now, but I've known you for quite a bit of time and yeah. I've seen the growth and development of Sama and the patience that it takes and the time and consistency that goes in, right? Like we talk about all the time, time, consistency, and patience, right? So the consistency I think is important to note in building your social media following, building Mm -hmm. your brand, building your body and your physique. And I still see you on Instagram continuing to learn and grow and build your physique and be consistent with that and then building your business. So talk to us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, I think it always goes back to strength training. And that's, you know, what I've learned from strength training. If you wanted to see results, especially with physique change and building muscle, you really need to be patient. And if you don't have that patient, you are not going to be successful if you want to change your physique, especially, you know, from a female standpoint, which is way more difficult when it comes to building muscles. So then you can apply that to anything in your life. If it's your business, if it's your relationship, like you have to be patient and you have to be consistent. Like, It's like, you know, we always talk about nutrition stuff, you know, clients come in and they're like, yeah, I have this like week, which was so great. I did this and I did that. I'm like, that's wonderful. Amazing. Can you do that for the next six months? Can you do that for the next year? Every freaking week. So if you can answer that question, yes, then you're going to be successful and I'm going to sign it right here. A hundred percent, you're going to be successful within the year. Definitely time is a big factor. You know, we, we grow as we learn and you cannot compromise time. Sometimes, you know, you can be so naive, but you have enough knowledge, but then you also need the experience over the time. You just learn, you embrace it and you learn more. So it's like a pile of things that it goes one on top of the other. Uh, which I think time is the big factor when, when you look into that journey. So let's say you want to build up followers on social media. Yeah. I mean, you can start off an Instagram page and buying tons of followers, but if you (laughs) want to show up every day and post something, right? Yeah. Like you want it to keep. So if you want to keep that followers for the next 365 days, 
you really need to be consistent. You need to mm-hmm. just post everything a couple times a week. You need to be on stories. Uh, you need to talk about your daily life. You know, I'm talking about from like a person trainer or nutrition coach, or let's say fitness influencer on social media. If you wanted to be active, you need to like show how it looks a day of salmon. Like, you know, you, you, you might have your own struggles. Like how, do, how do you deal with like time management? You do all this crazy stuff with like training nutrition, like, you know, your own workouts, getting your daily movement, nutrition and all that stuff. Like sometimes like people think like, Oh, you know, she just looks great. So she got them <laughs> all. Like she knows, like, no, like we all have our own struggles and it can be very challenging from week to week. And uh, sometimes, you know, you're dealing with some other issues, which they're, you know, out of your hands. So there are like so many circumstances on the way, but definitely consistency beats them all. And then of course, you know, just being patient and giving, giving the time to build anything. If it's your social media, you want to be successful in your career, in your relationship, or even with your fitness goals. When, when you mentioned the squat rack or, and stepping up to the squat rack and having that mental fight of, I can do this. No, I can't do this. Yes, I can. I, I honest to God feel like that every client that I have that is deciding what meal they should have for breakfast has that same struggle in their mind. Or when they're driving to the gym and they don't want to go to the gym, they have that same mental struggle. I shouldn't go. I have other things to do. No, I'm going to go and just get it done. So that, that little moment of should I, shouldn't I, can I, can't I, will I, won't I type of mental struggle. When you talk about strength training, I feel like every time you show up and complete a task from a strength training standpoint, that's practice in getting better at winning that mental struggle instead of defaulting to, I can't, I shouldn't, I won't. You end up defaulting more to, I did, I will, I can't type of, you know, balance. So when you have those moments just in general, what are some, what's the advice you give to your clients when you're coaching them through those moments? So there is this uh, rule that they call it five seconds rule. Uh, I forgot who was the person who actually created this rule. <laughs> I forgot the name. Uh, it was actually a woman, if I'm not wrong. But anyway, so I use the five second rule. If you wanted to make a decision and that, you know, mental fight, it's like literally a few seconds. Like if mm-hmm. you decide you wanted to do that or you don't want to do it. So just don't think about it. Just fucking do it like five seconds. That's it. Like well, don't make any decision. I think the yeah. five second rule is that if you're battling if back you... and forth between like for longer than a certain period of time, yeah, yeah. you've lost that battle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then there's the other five second rule is if you drop food on the floor and it's only there five seconds, you can eat it. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's actually a three second rule. Three second, three second rule. If you have animals now, they have dogs and I have cats. You know, if you drop something on the floor, you're done. Oh, it's gone. Yeah. In my house. Yeah. In my house, I'm picking up a fur ball with that. Whatever I drop. Whatever food. Yeah. <laughs> totally. But yeah, you know, like just don't let that fight get into your head because there is a thousand reasons that you can make that decision to turn into no mm-hmm. uh, versus there might be very few reasons <laughs> that you might say yes, especially if you're tired. 
and you're like, no, I don't want to do this. Or you have, you know, like a brain fart and, you know, like you always have like these moments that for me personally, if I wanted to go with that flow, nine out of 10, I'm not going to do that. Seriously, like I can come up with like, oh, I'm just too busy. I'm just too tired. I'm just so fatigued. But you just got to do it, like just create the momentum. But also, on the other hand, you don't want to, you know, jump off the roof from the other side. You yeah. want to make sure that you're listening to your body, too. Like we, we know those moments, like we know yeah. that, you know, we're just manipulating ourselves or if you're actually really stressed out or really fatigued that you just can't physically do it. So if you can, then it's OK. Take a day off. Enjoy it. Go for a walk. Just rest, relax, and then crush it the next day. Yeah, I think there's a fine line there with yeah. the balance with, yeah. the, with the trying to balance it and trying to figure out like where to draw the line for myself personally. Like I didn't work out yesterday because I was like, man, I'm just burnt out. Like I, I went to bed like tomorrow. I'm going to work out. I'm going to crush it. Like I'm going to do this leg workout. It's going to be epic in the words of Nicole. Um, epic. But I was like, you know what? I'm just, I had a crazy week and I was like, I'm just going to, you know, then Mother's Day and I had to drive and whatever. So I was like, all right, I'm going to take the day off. And then last night I didn't get a good night's sleep either. But I was like, I, I got to go. I have to work out like I, you know, I got frustrated at work. I was like, ah, oh, fuck this place. I left, went to the gym, went to the other gym because I was like, you know, um, but it, there's a delicate balance with that. Right. Like I could have easily said, hey, I didn't. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Okay. You didn't work out the first day. Then you go into the second day and then it gets to the third day. And by the time it's a week later and you haven't worked out now, you're yeah, for like a week. <laughs> now you're like, I suck at life because I didn't work out. It's it's a snowball effect. You it, it's like if you have one or two days where you get off track, we all know we've said this to clients many, many times. Just step up, get back into the gym, do the next workout, even if it's a, a like a half version of what you normally would do, just because you it starts the momentum to your point, Sama, and then you get back on track. So Sama, talk to us a little bit about your coaching style, who your target audience is, who your demographic, like who are you training? So my primary focus is physique enhancement. But on the other hand, uh, I consider myself more of a lifestyle coach to teach people like how to learn something and learn their body and understand what works best for them so they can apply it to reach their physique goal, but also being able to apply that for the rest of their life so they can, you know, keep the way that they wanted to look for as long as they're alive. You know, like the, the balance is very hard. And that's why, you know, sometimes I become that, you know, tough love trainer. And sometimes like I'm like more flexible and depends on the type of client that I work with. You know, we have it in both fitness and nutrition. Uh, we consider them like in three different levels, like a beginner, intermediate and advanced. So the approach can be very different from one person to the other, for sure, especially when it comes to nutrition. But, uh, you know, to the end goal, like, you know, I, I, I consider myself more of a physique enhancement trainer, which which is, you know, my favorite uh, type of training for both, you know, uh, male and female clients. I do have a lot of male clients too, um, but uh, majority of my clients are female, uh, which, you know, which is the reality for sure. <laughs> I mean, the, the majority of- want to look like Sama. 
the majority, I think the majority of most coaches uh, roster are. That's actually know, true. Yeah. That, but yeah. Because listen, as a, as a male, I have a decent amount. I have a large amount. I have a decent Women. amount of men too, but I think the ratio, like if I had to sit down and calculate percentage wise, the percentage is always going to wean more towards women. Yeah. And I think part of that is women are more inclined to ask for help and yeah. men are more inclined to be like, you know, it's like when you're driving, like with a, asking with a for man. directions. Yeah, Bro exactly. Style. I'm asking, yeah, I'm I, know asking. Style. <laughs> I know how to do this. Like, you don't have to teach me how to do squats. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, I see you at the gym doing quarter squats. Like, come on. Yeah. Let's <laughs> or half rep bicep curl. Yeah. <laughs> Get the pump. <laughs> so Sama, you recently added nutrition coaching to your practice as a coach. Talk to us a little bit about that shift. Yeah. So, you know, piggyback to the physique enhancement, the more I learn over the years, the more I realize like how nutrition can be the most important piece into that basically realm. Uh, so if you, if you want to, we can call it like the nutrition can be the driver and the workouts is your passenger. So if you want to do anything related to body composition, uh, it's like majority of it, it comes from your nutrition. And I wish I knew that when I was, when I started my career at 2010, but it's never too late. I mean, I think I, I've been a nutrition coach for almost like two, three years now. And um, I freaking love it. I love, like in the beginning, it was kind of weird because I'm that type of like trainer that I'm like super strict when it comes to training. And I push my clients so hard within the training session. But uh, nutrition was a new challenge for me. And um, I remember that, you know, I had this conversation with Nicole and Nicole's like, Samo, you need to like slow down. You need to like, <laughs> you don't need to like push them that hard <laughs> with nutrition. Like you can have those Jesus moments, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're just going to run away. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was it was actually very um a good challenge for me as uh, for my career to become a nutrition coach, not only being able to help my clients a lot more, uh, which I can maximize their results, but also for me as a coach to be challenged in a different way. So I love it. Like I love doing, and that's what I do right now. Majority of my time, I do mainly like one-on-one nutrition coaching during the week and maybe a few in person and online training. I, I do a lot of like, you know, workout plans that I, you know, customize it for my clients, uh, but I'm not training them. So I don't know how far they're pushing themselves. <laughs> I wish they did <laughs> <pretty> hard. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's why, you know, I, I've been just like practicing nutrition coaching a lot more, uh, for the past few years, uh, rather than training in anything that we do nutrition and, and training go hand in hand. We've talked about this so many times. What's one thing that you find to be the most challenging when it comes to nutrition coaching with clients? It's like the concept of progressive overload. If you want to think about it in uh, nutrition, so when it's, when we talk about progressive overload and training, like, you know, we try to like beat the numbers week by week, you know, yeah, like hit their PRs or, yeah. you know, the sets or the weights or both of them at the same time. But <clears throat> when it comes to nutrition, 
it's not like that. Like, you know, the <laughs> client comes in there like, yeah, I had such a stressful week. You know, I, I couldn't hit my steps. I couldn't hit my protein. I had like a couple of like, you know, takeouts and you're like, okay, so we're stepping like two steps back. Okay. So let's, let's talk about protein again. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's not that easy. Like the flow with nutrition coaching, it's very different because there are a lot more, like, think about it this way. Like you freaking eat like every three, four hours, right? If you There's have a, a lot more room for mistakes. <laughs> exactly. There are a lot more room for mistakes for sure. <laughs> And then things get in the way, then you miss a meal, then, you know, you don't hit your protein, you don't hit your Mm -hmm. calories, then, you know, next day, there are going to be a lot more struggles in a different way. So there is a lot more barriers when it comes to nutrition, uh, rather than your workout. So let's say if I want you to do like four times a week, one hour workouts, it's four hours of your week, you can probably manage that yeah at some point within that you know seven days of the week to each 24 hours but mm-hmm. um there, there are going to be a lot more errors with nutrition uh, so i i find that the most challenging to kind of teach the client to be patient and embrace you know the the, the moment or the errors and just making sure to make a better choice or uh, try to like have a better plan next time that things get out of their hands right or out of control so they can just do a little bit better so like let's say if you wanted to accomplish a hundred percent realistically that's not going to happen to anybody even if you're a trainer or a coach or you're experienced enough in nutrition and training a hundred percent is so unrealistic but if you crush it anywhere from 70 to 80 85 percent on a week-to-week basis then you can definitely crush your goals so just a a timing aspect we're also not there that's the the other piece that you're talking about is when we train clients in in person or even if you give them the workout they have exactly what they need to do and we can be a little harder on them because we're with them during the session but we're never with clients when they're eating we have no idea what they're doing. 100%, yeah. And a lot of it is left to their devices as we teach and have them practice along the way, which is why I like to call nutrition coaching a practice rather than, you know, a program to follow. Um, so I think that's that would be part of that as well. Yeah, so true. There definitely is a lot harder um, to gain that momentum from a nutrition standpoint, which is why coaching is so important. It's interesting because as coaches and like for myself as a you know former competitive bodybuilder, like I from a like personal standpoint, I'm like, I just have an on switch and I'm like, all right, cool. It's on. That's it. I'm I'm losing weight right now. Right. So like where is where do you think that barrier is with clients where they don't have an on switch? Right. It's probably because they don't have enough education. Yes. Have to turn off that switch or turn on. Yeah, I agree. Turn on. The, yeah, turn that's on. what we're there for. That's why I think coaching is so important, right? If we, if you teach them, then they know how to turn that on. That's a great point. Yeah, and also like people's personality really matters in this realm too. I struggle the most with the type of clients that they're perfectionist. Um, they have, you know, this all or nothing Nothing. mentality and they're either like crush life or they're just like, fuck it. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Uh, So that makes it very challenging because they, they need to learn and understand that middle ground that, you know, life is not perfect and 
you're going to, there are going to be tons of, you know, barriers on the way. And if you don't learn how to manage that situation, then you're just going to be screwed in anything in life, not yeah. only fitness. I think there's definitely a carryover, like what kind of what you're alluding to, like there's a carryover between the things that you do that are successful in fitness and carrying that over into the things in your life that you want to be successful in as well. Right. Yeah. A lot of these things take the same type of discipline. And I don't really like to use the word discipline. Like I kind of use that a little kind of loosely because it's not all discipline. It's also habits, right? Forming the proper habits and continuing to educate yourself and find the resources and seek out those resources. I think that's one of the things that, you know, sometimes we try to, as coaches, push clients to seek out the resources and ask the questions and try and find the answers rather than relying on their coach 24-7. And even if you find the wrong answer and you bring that answer to me, then I'll say, okay, here's with the reality of, you know, what you're looking at and, you know, just kind of help guide you in the right direction. All right. So Sama, we want to do a little spitfire round here where we're just going to call out some random shit and <laughs> we're going to, you're going to give us uh, briefly your take on it. <laughs> some random answers. <laughs> uh, random yeah. Answers. I'm going to give you those random answers. Here we go. <laughs> Sama, your feelings on waist trainers? Bullshit. Bullshit. Okay. <laughs> Bullshit in a beautiful accent. Yeah. <laughs> she says it so nicely. Intermittent right, fasting. Oh, okay. That quick. All right. Intermittent fasting. Um, I'm not a big fan for majority of people, uh, but it can be good for a small population. Who's that population? Well, maybe the ones that they don't have a bad relationship with food, uh, the ones that they're not a big fan of eating breakfast, or they have a good understanding of how much calories they need to eat, you know, uh, each day. And, you know, they know their macros because what happens with intermediate fasting that, you know, right now, I think it's the most fashionable style of like way of eating right now. Probably keto falls into the second category after inter intermediate fasting right now. <laughs> so basically what happens, they're like, okay, so this intermediate fasting, I'm just going to cut the breakfast and then stop eating around like seven or eight. Uh, and I'm just going to lose weight. Uh, but you know, they don't, they don't know how much their, their body needs in terms of calories. They don't, they have no idea how much protein they're eating. And they might end up losing weight, but slowing down the metabolism or just losing uh, muscle. So that's why, like, you know, if they have that basic understanding and they wanted to, like, you know, narrow the window of their eating, still getting that enough calories and macros that they wanted to eat. I have no problem with that. And also if they don't have any bad relationship with food that, you know, skipping meals and not eating uh, a meal um, that that's not going to affect their other meals during the day. Um, so, uh, yeah. Donuts. Donuts. Uh, I mean, I'm not a big fan of donuts, but <laughs> I love pastries. <laughs> what's your, what's your favorite pastry? Cause oh I've seen God. you eat some oh, good stuff. I know. <laughs> I love French pastries. Um, I mean, any, any type of European pastries can be good. So do you, uh, you do like a cheese filled or like a fruit filled, like, no, I'm not into cheese. I'm not into fruit. I love like plain, uh, low sugary type of pastries mm -hmm. uh, and not having too much butter. Palmier, which mm -hmm. is one of my favorite ones. 
And I like <laughs> to be crunchy. So. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> Favorite protein supplement. Favorite protein supplements. I go with pea science. Uh, I love pea science. I've been taking it uh, for years and years. Uh, it's a mix of a mix of uh, whey protein with casein. Casein. Mm. Yeah. The snickerdoodle is my favorite. I know. Me too. I love snickerdoodle. Uh, I love the mocha um, and the chocolate cupcake. You know it's who else tough. I found that was uh, a mixture of. Um... Way casein was quest protein. Yeah. I can't do the quest, the, the stevia and quest kills me, but you know, I'm not a big fan of drinking casein though. It's thick. It's too thick. I don't know with the way and casein combination if it's if that kind of makes it a little it's bit more a little water. bit thicker than the regular way for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I really like to use it in pancakes and pop that's my popsicle one. Yeah. Oh, I've never tried that. Oh, yeah, okay. I should. And, um, you know, if I have my shake, I like it thick. So I like it. Okay. I know you're into uh, sports apparel. So top three yeah. sports apparel companies. Ooh, there are too many of them. You want my favorite ones? Yeah. What are the ones you wear the most? I think one, br two brands that I wear the most is Atleta and Carbon 38. Mm -hmm. These are the, the majority of my basically wardrobe, <laughs> but I also, I like Lululemon, Gymshark, Nike. Yeah. Gymshark is a big one now. Yeah, it's it is. Huge. I know. It's, it's comfortable. They have to look good. Every female's body's a little different. So I feel like when it comes to apparel, it, it really is what's comfortable and what really looks good on your figure. You yeah, know? that's true. That's why I like Atleta because yeah not only affordable but also it's so comfortable that mm -hmm. you can wear it like all day long and also it's you know it's well designed it looks very good on the body yeah favorite exercise <laughs> bench deadlift or squat yeah deadlift day in and day out and i'm a, i'm also a sumo lifter on deadlift and let's wait we gotta add booty in there like what's your favorite booty exercise are you gonna say the thruster hip thrust for yeah. sure yeah Favorite type of cardio? Stairmaster. Favorite IG page that's not yours? Uh, fitness. Or, fitness IG yeah, page? yeah. I mean, we'll start with fitness. We'll start with fitness. Then Who do does Sama follow? Yeah. I'm, I'm fitness sure. IG page. I love Lauren Simpson's page. Her personal page. Yeah. It's, um, I like her personality. I like, you know, the way um, she you know, her approach to fitness. Um, um, I can really relate with her in both training and nutrition ward. And what what's one that isn't fitness really yeah, non fitness that you look at frequently, anything with dog? Like, do you follow any other? Dog no, food? I don't No, See, I'm a cat person. I follow a lot of people that like cats. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's true. I like, uh, the, you know, the, um, outfits and companies, you know, mm -hmm. like Revolve, uh, that's one of my favorite one. Or some other like influencers. Uh, I like Negimir Salahi, which, you know, she's also Iranian. Uh, she has like hair products. Um, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Sama Gorbani. Check her out at Nutrifitopia. And if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week.